Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Patrick, are you recording? I am indeed. You know, Father Anthony and I did something that was pretty great. We both clapped at the same time, and that's how he lined it up. Can I tell you something? What's that? No less than 10 people approached me last week and said, this last week's episode of The Crunch was so good. And I was like, that's really cool. That's super interesting that this particular episode is the one that you want to tell me how much you loved. Like, I really am glad you went out of your way. I'm sorry. You went out of your way to call me, to write me a letter. You sent me a carrier pigeon telling me that episode with Patrick and Father Anthony. That's a joke from the episode. He talked about carrier pigeons in the episode. Yeah, you must have liked it too. Everything seems to be about that episode, huh? I can't have anything for myself. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that really wants to know what Al Roker is hiding. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. You can't make those jokes anymore. <laughs> oh, did he Did he do something? Was he, I don't did... know, but like he's a famous person and a man. So... That's true. And he, he did work with Matt Lauer. Maybe yeah, I should take that back. I should say he works on The Daily Show, so you never know. Hey, listen, let's just keep it the way it is now. And then if someone's listening to our back catalog in five years when the Me Too 3 movement comes out, uh, the Me Too two, the, the Me Too the sequel comes out. Directed uh, by James we'll, Cameron. We'll see if uh, we'll see if he gets he gets the axe. Man, uh, I feel yeah. bad because I feel like Al, Al Roker was just like a universally like ni- neither loved nor hated, and so you can just kind of a very neutral, a very neutral celebrity. Yeah, because you can't you can't come out here and be like, "Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that knows what Hillary Clinton is hiding." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, the only pick. podcast that knows what was really in the John Podesta it's, emails. It's like Al Roker, Kevin Costner, and uh, uh, Barbara Streisand. Vince Vaughn. No. Oh, I was trying to throw a woman in there, oh. but yeah, like those nobody's nobody's like really you know yeah. pro, p- for or against Kevin Costner. You know, <laughs> like he's he's That's just fair. there. So I think uh, maybe maybe write in write in crunch crunchcast. What's the what's our email? What's e- your most neutral celebrity? What's your most what's Send your most neutral celebrity? Who do you, who do you feel so ambivalently about that you feel the need to write us an email? That's the <laughs> that's the sensation I want from you. Info at thecrunchcast.com. So I want to workshop an idea. I want to I want to I want to pitch an idea to you. So you mentioned in the pre-show. I don't know if you're going to put it in that I listened I to conspiracy theory podcasts. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I did. I, I listened did. to. So there, there, apparently there's a genre of podcasts out there that essentially just goes through uh, crazy conspiracy theory, like grifters, and like what, listens to their shows and does like highlights and like rebuttals. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the one, one of the ones I listen to, it's called Knowledge Fight. It's a parody of InfoWars. And uh, I have a quick question before yeah, what's you. Up? What happens when we find out that one of these conspiracy theory podcasts is run by the CIA? Is there going to be a podcast about that <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Anyway, carry on. Uh, so that that one's interesting, and there's another one coming out that now this isn't really classified as conspiracy theory, but there's another one about Tucker Carlson where they go mm. through episodes of the Tucker Carlson show and like discusses wow. like what what tactics he's using 
to push his agenda and ideas. People um, really I, are bored. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to be very interesting. No. Um, mostly because, like, that's just your run-of-the-mill, like, opinion show. Right. You know? It's like a- anyone who thinks critically about the news will watch that show and be, okay, he's obviously spinning it for this reason. That wasn't the news. That was just him yelling about something. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. I haven't listened to that episode, that show. But it made me think about something. Okay. What I'm if ready. we did that, but for Church Milton? <laughs> oh, Patrick. We have to stop. We have to stop caring. That's the imagine, only way. Imagine living in that world. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I don't think my my spiritual life would be able to handle listening it to would be awful. the Vortex once a week. And then not only listening to it, but having to ha- form a coherent thought about mm-hmm. Church Militant. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... I'm sure that but Michael do you Morris know do you know how guy. connected do you know how connected the rad trad world is with the Alex Jones world? Oh, I would say that the the it's, two Venn diagrams are a circle. It's They're, almost a direct funnel. Yeah, I I was surprised. Really, like he he one some some of his early donors are like SSPX groups, mm. like super. Sorry, no no no, not SSPX. I think SSPV, like Society of Pope Pius the Fifth. Oh god! Like, yeah, like super. <laughs> we got got guys popping out of their coffins, being like, "Give Alex yeah. Jones all of my money." It's, <laughs> it's like, sir, it's, you're dead. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, it it, it it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that. Um, listening to Church Militant all the time would be would be fun. Uh, but I. But think we could make be, a lot of money. We could make a lot of money doing it, and I think <laughs> I think it would be helpful to show like, hey, here's where these ideas lead. Because the the reason why I I like the Knowledge Fight podcast is because. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys is very, he's very monotone. He's very uh, melancholic temperament. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very logical, and so he'll just say, "This is this is why what he is saying is is ridiculous, and this is what this source that he the source that he's citing this is what it actually says." And the other guy is like, "I hate him! I hate him so much!" <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> so I don't know. I I definitely don't think we would be the people <laughs> to. To listen to, no. but I I would listen to that podcast. I really would. It would be cathartic. If someone out there wants to make it, I would be. I would support you from a distance. I th- referring to our uh, Al Roker comments earlier, which is a, a great sentence that I just said for the first time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was thinking about this in the car. I was listening to Every Knee Shall Bow, and I was I heard first of all I heard uh, Doctor Edward Shree say the word crud. Which I haven't heard anyone say the word crud in probably ten years. Aren't you in the Midwest? I guess, but I just people don't say, people say crap a lot. No yeah, one says crud fair. anymore. But he has little, he has little kids. He does have little and kids. little kids can't and little kids can't be hearing their dad say crap. He also has a doctorate. So That's he can, true. He can say whatever he wants. So when they say when his little kids say that word and he goes, "You can't say that," and you go, "Daddy, daddy, you say it." You can go get a doctorate first, get, and then get a get a doctorate so you can deal with my crud. That's what, that's what I told one of my, one of my kids, I suggested, uh, one of my, one of my high school moms is, is pregnant again. Mm-hmm. She has very, she has very many kids. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ugh, after this, I need a massage. And I was like, you should, <laughs> you should get a massage. And then, um, or a spa day. And then her son was like, her son was like, I need a spa day. And I just looked back and I was like, have 11 kids. Then you can have a spa day. Then you can have a spa day. <laughs> then you're old enough to have a spa day. But I was listening to Dr. Ed Shree. He said crud. And then that made me think. But then the... The ad was Father Mike Schmidt's talking about the uh, uh, what's a what's a good word for 
something that is lofty, uh, in, in, inestimable. The, in, that's, I think that's what I was going for. Yeah. The in, inestimable, uh, Ascension presents. Uh-huh. Uh, you were talking about all the presenters and he was listing off the illustrious, uh, illustrious. Thank you. Thank you. Goodness. I couldn't do it. Um, talking, listening off all these presenters who some might consider to be quote unquote Catholic celebrities. And, uh, just because I've been super out of the loop off social media, <laughs> like just for so long, like for a while yeah. I was off social media, but I still would like look at stuff, you know, like I didn't have an account, but I would still go and have a separate account where I would still go and look without posting. Um, but like that's gone. I've deleted my Reddit account. So like, I don't even get on Reddit anymore. That's gone. Uh, Instagram gone. Like it's all, it's, it really is a full break. And he was just talking about these people. And I just was thinking like, man, that has no bearing on my life, which is not to say that those people are doing bad things, but talking about Michael Voris and talking about all these people, I'm just like, man, they're so, it just so doesn't matter to like what I'm doing. Right now. <laughs> like yeah. I, I recognize that there's a place for that, uh-huh. but I just can't seem to figure out what that might be as an adult man, not working in ministry. Hold on. I got to close my barn, my sliding barn door in my office because my AC just kicked on and I've learned in this house that it's very loud. So give me one second. Okay. <laughs> I like his house. It looks real nice. I, I need to, I need to say for the listeners for the last Four years, I have watched Ethan podcast from a dorm room or a bedroom, and right now he's podcasting in what looks like an office. So it's a huge, a huge step up, in my in my opinion. Uh, but you know that's what happens when you. Oh, it's it is a sliding barn door that looks really cool. I, I'm. He's coming back. I'll. Hey, I was just I was yeah. I was filling time describing Thanks. to the audience things and. What? Did you see my duck? No. Oh yeah, it looks like a mallard. <laughs> what? <laughs> it looks like a mallard. Someone got me a wooden duck, and he's perched prominently. Can I also show you? Check it for a walkie-talkie. This is the this is the segment of the show where Ethan tells Patrick about his new house. So, <laughs> guess what? Someone got me. Just guess. It's uh, handheld. It's about a foot in height, um, and that's all I'll give you. A beer stein. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a, it's just a statue of a sailor. <laughs> it is, but he's like old, and his and his pipe is affixed to his mouth. It's not even in his mouth. It, it's just pasted it's like on. It's pasted and he's wearing he's wearing cheek. a turtleneck and like kind I of a blue. It. He's got a little yeah. blue, blue hat. Um, big big black boots. Old salty. That's what that's well, what his that's, name. I, I've is. been calling him Stormy. So that's Stormy. He is. <laughs> he is. Have I told you about him before on no. this podcast? He no. is. Uh, the most hated object by one Emma Slominski. No like, way, she, really? <laughs> she does not like him. I guess hate is probably a strong word, but... Was this before I've, you got it? Like, she like she already hated this kind of thing? Well, we, we went to a grandfather clock store. And sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like, there's one in Tol... We always drove by it. I feel like I've said this on the podcast, but maybe it's, I told... Okay, so we would always drive by it in Tulsa on our way to the Catholic bookstore because we were always going there buying books and stuff. Sure thing. And there's we always would see this, you know, grandfather clock gallery. And we were like, I wonder what that is that like a museum for grandfather clocks? Is it where grandfather clocks go to look at other, you know, other things? Like what kind of what kind of place is this? It was a huge it was a store for with like twelve thousand dollar clocks in it, which was kind of nuts. But then they also had tell time and print money. 
<laughs> it tells time and invests on Robinhood for you. Um, also, I'm, I've made a, I've made a bunch of money on AMC today. Just so you know, Great. as in a bunch of money, I made like twelve dollars. But okay. still, stop day trading and invest in a Roth IRA. Okay, I'm not day trading. I bought one share of AMC like three months ago, and it's finally paying off. They're short squeeze, baby. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> There were also these curios and a lot of these statues, and I saw the sailor man, and I said to Sam, I love him. I want him. I'm not going to get him because it's probably not good for me. Sam remembered that, and then months later, I got a box uh, <laughs> with it that was had my gifts in it. Like This is when I was about to move away. My team got me two gifts. The first one was the one that I sent you a picture of, was the, the entire Katina Aurea. And then the second thing in that box, which I was infinitely more excited about, was this... Uh, sailor man old stormy old stormy and i i love him and he's i put him in the perfect spot in our house so he's not in the main room he's not visible nobody can see him when you walk in but he's right next to my desk so i always get to say hi so that's the that's the tale of uh, the tale of old stormy the tale of old stormy at (laughs) ethan's new home in oklahoma city wow how are you doing we haven't like talked that's true we haven't it's been it's been i miss you yeah it's been a bit i uh yeah, I'm excited. I'm moving on to my new job. I'm pumped. It's a bummer to say goodbye to my kids, but I am excited to work closer to my home. When um, when do you move? When's the official day? Of next beginning? week. So what June, time? What June, June 1st. Oh, June that's 1st. right. We both start on June 1st. Yeah. Work buddies. Work buddies. You, yeah. That's what you said. I do have to find. I'm probably going to be podcasting from my house for the next couple of. Yeah. Next couple Me too. Of weeks, but. I just had a, a two hour long meeting with my new boss for my job that I'm starting on mm-hmm. uh, June 1st. And the, I thought it was going to be about real estate stuff. The first hour was us planning the podcast studio in the office. That's so exciting. So wait, you're going to be able to record your podcast in your office? Yes. So you're going to be in a podcasting studio? Correct. You're going to sound so much nicer to me. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. Maybe I should Maybe I should try and convince my, super, my supervisor slash friend, Jacob, to... Uh, That's the thing now. Churches are getting into the podcast game. You can be like, oh, because of the coronavirus... And then just like whatever you say after that, they'll be like, sure. And then sure. they'll throw $10,000 mm-hmm. yeah, sure. at it. So you'll be good. Yeah, that's what everyone has after the coronavirus is money. That's I mean, that's, honestly, a, that's all the money like, the Catholic Church has after the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, okay. So my, my church just, my church found out how nice this microphone is for doing Zoom calls. And they were just like, can we buy one? And I was like, yeah, sure. Is it a, here it is on Amazon. They're like, that's it. Click. And I was like, I remember someone had to like donate money for us to buy these. I remember Andrew Business Jordan had to donate money for me to purchase this microphone. Andrew Business Jordan is the best. He sent me an Amazon coupon. Patron and friend of the show, Andrew Business Jordan, sent me a coupon through my email because he heard my podcast through Facebook. And I thought he was trying to steal my credit card information. <laughs> and and now him and my fiance are friends on Facebook. That's like, crazy. What, was, we are full circle, you know? So Andrew Business Jordan, shout out for always keeping the Crunch patrons page hopping. Hopping. Yeah, if you're um, not on the crunch if you're not on the Crunch Facebook page yet. You should hop on that because we got some we got some listeners that are doing some crazy things. Like Ben took all of mm-hmm. the books we've ever mentioned and made a database <laughs> uh-huh. of the books we've ever always mentioned. And um, sure I was Reagan thinking was about going through and cataloging all of the jokes and bits that we've ever done. It's got to be repetition bits. He can't possibly be doing all of the jokes. No, yeah, that's those like the little yeah. one off. You know, it's like, like running jokes. Running I get jokes. it. We need yeah. to. Okay, if, do we have l- any running jokes? listener? Listen, obviously, Patrick. Okay. Do you have anything else for the people? Welcome to the Crunch. The only ep- those are just some that we've done. Yeah. yeah uh, true. See you on the Twitters. I don't know. That's not really a running that's joke. Pretty old. Yeah. Um, but okay. So first of all, Crunch Project. Whoever wants to do it, 
someone make a fandom wiki for the crunch <laughs> we'll have made it okay it'll be yeah. the most important thing ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll have two entries patrick is one of the co-hosts of the crunch ethan, ethan. <laughs> click on ethan ethan wait is no, one of the no, no, of the no 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 it'll have two entries it'll have two entries patrick's one of the co-hosts of the crunch and then books mentioned on the crunch <laughs> <laughs> And then a footnote that mentions Father Anthony, but my name's not on the wiki. <laughs> it's anyway. not there at all. Not at nowhere is it going to be. Oh man. Okay. So I, I'm I'm glad that I, I I'm glad that I brought up controversial podcast topics and oh, people me too. earlier because that'll come up in the topic. Now we can do but a callback. Now, let's hop in the hot take time machine. Okay. Hot take time machine. Welcome to the hot take time machine. I would stop doing that if I didn't know that it would make you laugh every single time. <laughs> it's, it's funny like, every time. <laughs> it, really, it really brings you so much joy. Running joke. Running joke. That's true, I guess. Um, uh, if you want to see a running joke, you should have seen me yesterday at about 10.30. Am I right? Uh, sorry. Were you jogging at 10.30? I did, yeah, I jogged yesterday at oh, okay. 10.30. It was very AM? humid. A.M. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that My, sounds, yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, Welcome to Hot Take Time Machine, the only part of the show that we may or may not cancel in a couple episodes. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of content. The, the well's kind of dry here. <laughs> the jokes are getting too good. I'm thinking we just take this time that we spend on the Hot Take Time Machine and just like get funnier. Like We do funnier stuff when we're just bantering. We gotta come prepared. Gotta come prepared with bits. Yeah, sure you know? thing. I get it. Yeah, I mean, we we've also got actually since we're not since I'm not doing a solo podcast, I have a bunch of like questions that I solicited oh, gotcha. from um from people, but mm-hmm. answering questions just might turn into topic. So we'll just save those for topics. But I have like three. I think I have the next three podcast topics picked out because we could spend. Perfect. That actually makes my life super easy. Yeah. Honestly. Cool. Uh, Patrick, we're not doing your, a topic. We're, we're not, not doing, doing a topic. topic. We're in the hot take time machine. Patrick, what's yeah. your hot take? So my my hot take comes from almost ten years ago. I decided to do if we're going to cancel the hot take time machine, I better pull out my Christmas one right now. Uh, so I guess on December twenty fifth, two thousand eleven, I got an iPod Touch for the first time. That's great. Oh no, Patrick's about did to you download. Down, did you immediately download the lightsaber app? <laughs> no, I don't think that was in style. I immediately downloaded Netflix and then I stopped reading. Um, oh. Also on December 25th, 2011, I posted, Cindy Lou Who cannot sing. Um, <laughs> with like, We're talking about, so, so move over, Al Roker. We're not talking about celebrities that we feel neutral <laughs> about anymore. I hate Cindy Lou Who. Let's just, let's put Cindy Lou Who on blast. Honestly, here's ahead. the thing. Cindy Lou Who needs to be put on blast. I forget who played her, but I remember it was In like a film. Oh, wait, it was that, it was that one girl, that one girl from Gossip Girl. Dakota Fanning? No. Oh, sorry. I'm doing my best. No, Ta- Taylor Michelle Momsen. Uh, but anyway, not important. So her Cindy Lou Who uh, can't sing. Um, this is something that I stand by. Uh, Where Are You Christmas is the worst song ever. And it was not made better by Celine Dion or what's her name, whoever sang the, the pop version at the end of the movie. You know what I'm talking about, right? What are we, what are we talking about? The the Jim Carrey Grinch. <laughs> I've never seen the Jim Carrey Grinch. Okay, the Jim Carrey Grinch has this song in it called "Where Are You Christmas." Okay, and okay. it's the worst song. It's just like it's a little girl singing "Where Are You Christmas?" Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? Okay, mm-hmm. and then like most movies from that time period, 
Oh, Faith Hill made a cover of it. That's who it was. That must have been who it was. Because you yeah. know, how, like you know, how, like songs in movies, they'll have like a song in the movie, and then they'll and have then like they'll the a, pop yeah. cover at the end during mm-hmm. the credits, like Frozen. It's like okay, Demi Lovato, go nuts. It's like you know? how like how Bumblebee had that song in the middle of the first Transformers movie, and then Lincoln Park covered it at the end. What? You don't remember the Bumblebee musical interlude? No, sorry, I don't watch the first Park Transformers movie. No, he just he started singing and dancing and. I did not watch the Transformers. And movies. then, okay, that's all right. There was there was no musical interlude. It would have been funny if you had seen the movie because obviously it's Transformers. There's no musical interlude. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> I like how you just randomly pulled out Lincoln Park. I was I was believable. I, I know. Well, it was that's very cause believable because that, that, that is the that is the band that does play at the end credits of Transformers. It's the song oh. "What I've Done." Oh, okay. And every. <laughs> Every eleven-year-old guy walking out of there who had never heard that song before was like, "That was the best freaking movie of all time." Best you freaking know? movie of all time. I can't me. believe they had cars that went was... fast and turned into robots that go boom. When I was eleven, um, <laughs> the the hypercube or whatever the thing was that made everything the was crazy. The MacGuffin. The, the, the <laughs> big, the big, big MacGuffin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me and Phoebe watched the movie. Speaking of Transformers, not at all. Me and Phoebe watched the movie Home yesterday, starring Sheldon Cooper as an alien. Mm, okay. uh, it was cute. I was hoping that it was that home and not the the movie Home, which is a horror film about a deaf woman who's trapped by herself at her house while she's being stalked by someone. Oh, gosh. A different film. Is the movie, like, silent? Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched well, I'm scared to watch it. I don't want to watch that. I'm scared. I don't want to watch that. I'm scared of films. Uh, that's, that's amazing. I'm glad you watched Home. Did you enjoy yourself? Did you enjoy hearing the melodic sounds of... Sheldon Cooper's voice float over the airwaves. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I'm, I want to go back to the horror movie thing. I'm glad that they're. F- I'm glad that they're fully like gum- coming full circle on um, horror movies that have to do with senses. You know, they had like they had uh, a quiet place where you cannot talk. They had mm-hmm. a bird box where you cannot see. They have home where you cannot hear. Pretty soon they're gonna have a horror movie about a guy trapped in a bakery, but he can't smell anything. The horror. He had the coronavirus. He can't smell. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many delicious apple pies, Ethan, and he can't smell any of the apple pies. What's your hot take? As, as <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, you're the one who told me to get funnier, okay? I'm pulling out I all did. the stops, I didn't, baby. I didn't tell you to get funnier. I said that we have to get funnier. Together. <laughs> Together, uh, which is, as we know, a 50-50 split. Uh, from June 4th, 2014, a little ahead on the five-year, you know, but that year was a leap year, so it's technically five years. Uh, <laughs> not how leap years work <laughs> uh, this is from Ethan CV Apropostle and I said <clears throat> if you are more fortunate than others it is better to build a longer table than a taller fence <laughs> topical wait was this 2014 or 2016 <laughs> this is 2014 oh okay <laughs> yeah not even like it had two retweets and 13 likes i i had maybe like a hundred dollars at that time like i don't know <laughs> i was mowing yards yeah over the summer like i wasn't doing and you're anything. like i gotta build a bigger table i gotta i gotta build a longer table for all the people that i know i gotta like, I, man, I just I, or maybe i read a book <laughs> or maybe i saw an inspiring episode of home improvement and i just thought like you know this is what the world needs to hear right now from me i am like, uniquely positioned to, to portray this message you're like i'm 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 young mm-hmm. i got a hundred dollars it's 2011 i can buy 20 people a five dollar foot long yes and then if i kind of nail all those foot longs together then it will be 
<laughs> a long, lo- quite the long, a long foot, a twenty a foot long. That's <laughs> just long how it works. Foot. The longest. Like, nobody ever told me that Subway was in the business of podiatry, but you know, here we are. <laughs> Uh, so that was, I like that one because I was so eager to fix the world and yet, and I did it and yeah, and I did we for did those it. 13, 13 people that liked that. I'm sure they went home thinking, and thinking about something, not building bigger fences, not building any bigger fences. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I want to hear that topic, please. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so, I'm so ready. I'm very eager. Also, do we have a Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner lined up for later in the show? Oh my gosh, we have so many. Sponsored by Catholic Match. Sponsored by Catholic Match. We have so many Dr. Ethan Dating Corners. We have... Uh, we have like 14 in the can. We're not going to get through these. Like some of them are just going to have to get unannounced, un- unread. Uh, the yeah, we I'm, I I added email so people can get notified. It's great. We Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner is on the next level. It's that's why we Amazing. have to cancel Hot Take Time Machine because it can't right, compare to Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner. Exactly, and also Hot Take Time Machine was never sponsored by a real company that gives yeah. us real money. So yeah, maybe if if Facebook would give us money, uh, we'll do. I don't. Hot take I don't time. want any of Facebook's money. I don't. Which I mean. <laughs> I'll take some of Facebook's money. I don't care. Okay. Uh, I don't have any standards. <laughs> what do you think this is? Uh, okay. So the topic for the podcast. All right. Um, have you read? I'm sure you have, but do you remember the story of the Gerasene demoniac? Yes. Okay. So I was reading the, uh, what's it called? I was reading the Word on Fire Bible. Ah. And... I've been I've been reading that. It's been great. I love it. Highly recommend. Uh, I was reading the Word on Fire Bible, and Bishop Barron has like a paragraph, a page or so, about the Gerasene demoniac. So, oh, I never wrote out notes about it. But um, so the story of the Gerasene demoniac is Jesus is going through a town, and Gerasene is in the Decapolis, which is right across the Sea of Galilee from Capernaum, uh, where Jesus spent a lot of his time in his early ministry, and it was a predominantly pagan city. So the Decapolis is Greek for 10 cities and it was very Gentile ridden. It was Gentile run. And even if you were Jewish, you pretty much lived like a Gentile. And so Jesus goes to this area and in this, in the city of Gerasene, he goes out into the wilderness and he meets a man who's possessed. And they talk about how this man is bound hand and foot but he like breaks free of his shackles all the time he constantly hits himself with rocks and uh he like terrorizes the town and so jesus comes up to him and he like rebukes him and the man falls at his feet and says like what are you to do with us jesus of nazareth are you here to destroy us etc and then he says what's your name and they say we are legion for we are many uh and then he rebukes them or I think he begs 
the man begs for Jesus to cast the demons out. And so Jesus takes the demons. He tells them, get out. Uh, and he puts them in a bunch of pigs. And the pigs run down the hill and they die. They drown in the lake. Yes. Um, and hooray. then, Yeah. Hooray. Jesus fixes it. And then the people from the town do something mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. They say, go away. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. What are you doing? And in, in Mark's, in what's weird is in Mark, uh, there's a little bit of an addendum. I don't remember, or in Luke, I don't remember this from Mark, but in Luke's account of the Gerasene demoniac, the demoniac, the former demoniac asks Jesus, can I follow you? Mm-hmm. And he says, stay here. Right. And tell everyone what happened to you. And so Bishop Barron does a little bit of like speculative, like what are the circumstances surrounding this encounter, which I think are really interesting. Which is what the chosen TV series is all about. There's a lot of like speculate. Mm. It's like speculative yeah. gospel, which I think I think there's a real place for that, uh, just to like make the stories come more alive and like Absolutely. for us to understand like what what possibly could be happening here besides just the black and white. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so Bishop Barron talks about how the real the real reality of psychosis that's involved, even if someone is earnestly demo- like dem- demonically possessed. Mm-hmm. there are still elements of psychosis involved in like psychological trauma. Yeah. And so he talks about how the, the man hurting himself with rocks could be bringing back, like he was stoned by the people in the village. And he says like, there's that, we don't actually know that we don't actually know why the people bound him up. We don't know if it was because he was a danger to himself or a danger to other people or maybe they were binding him up to keep him outside of the town. He was living in catacombs or whatever. And in his paragraph about this story, he talks about scapegoats. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the idea of scapegoats and how mm-hmm. um, how universal <laughs> that idea is of the a person all of the sins and all of the anger being placed on one person, one group, etc. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about scapegoats in like the cultural sense, not in the Jewish sense. Not in the, like yeah, not is, the actual okay. scapegoat that they not yeah, the actual this, scapegoat. Okay, yeah, but like the the cultural sense of how these things are, are are a reality and how he talks about how scapegoats are a necessary component in a fallen human world. For fallen human beings, we need scapegoats. Mm. But not, be, and that's not good. <laughs> right, that's a bad. Thing. That's a bad. There's thing. a lot of things we need in this fallen human world. Yes, it. We. It's a. It's a false peace. That's essentially what he's talking about. It's a false peace. It's. He speculates that perhaps, the, the demons that possessed him, were while they were real, they were also symbolic for the burdens that the townspeople placed on that one man like this Mm. man is the source of all of Mm -hmm. our evil he's the source of all of our discord he's why we can't get along let's just blame him for everything and then we have unity and so like he was bound outside the city he was prevented from coming in the city but he would keep coming in the city and so they would chase him out with stones or he would injure himself with stones right and so they'd have to keep binding him and keep him keep him outside of the community and bishop Aaron specifically brings up anti-semitism in the medieval period and uh racism in the modern to postmodern present period mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as forms of scapegoats but i wanted to take it a step in a different direction because who's going to be the scapegoat in the future who's going to be the scapegoat in the future 
I've been thinking about this for a while. Our country. Oh, dear. Besides just, like, for certain people in certain areas, we have different, there's like scapegoats and there's like different smaller communities, right? But I don't think right now on a grand scale, we have a national scapegoat. I think we did in the Mm -hmm. past Mm -hmm. when our country started, it was Britain, Mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, recently it was, we were fighting two world wars. So at the beginning of the the 20th century, it was those guys. And then in the the middle, it was those other guys. Mm -hmm. And then it was Russia, right? It's like, we kind of had this, this unifying force of like, like at least we're not them, you know, we're fighting them. Um, I don't know. So what I, what I'm interested in is not just a community, like one group of people scapegoating one person or group. What I'm interested in is two groups of the same community scapegoating each other. That's what I'm interested in. Why are you interested in that? What is what is interesting about this? Because I think it serves division while convincing everyone that there is at least some form of unity. I mean, it... That's why I brought up those podcasts at first, because mm-hmm. I see in these two hosts and also the people they're covering demonization of each other. Mm-hmm. So I see in Alex Jones demonization of the political left. And I see in the and while like they are right to criticize Alex Jones pretty much ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. I see in 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 one of the hosts specifically a demonization of the of the political right as a whole because of Alex Jones. And so I see this like there's a tension here and I think those two it, those two realities they push against each other and it only serves to sh- to bring those two groups further and further apart and more and more extreme. So I'm thinking like what I want to what I want to get your opinion on is like, do you see this? Do you see this kind of scapegoating of both sides in our country, and what could be done to fix it? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think it's. Uh, I have a couple thoughts. First, that if we approach any kind of human problem that's wrapped up in our fallen nature with the intent to fix it, we're always going to be kind of we're going to fall short. <laughs> like Fair we're not going yeah. to be able to do that because uh, just what you were talking about, like the, the idea of a scapegoat is something that we need because we don't have, I mean, outside of Christ, right? Like the ideal is the ideal is what happens in the story um, of Jesus meeting this demoniac is Jesus casts out the evil into the pigs and then sends the pigs over the hill into the sea. And, uh, and I think that that is the only like real solution is introducing Christ into the equation. And it's really like that. What makes that so tricky though, is because half of the people who are scapegoating slash being scapegoated claim Christ as that, as their guy. And, but they don't, but there's no, um, although it might be heartfelt and a real belief in God and the power of Jesus and all of these things, um, 
regardless of how heartfelt they believe the gospel, it's not penetrating through to the other side and the evil is not getting casted out and there's evil that's percolating within that side as well. And they're not allowing Jesus to cast it out in their own hearts. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so the name of Jesus is being brought in, but it's kind of, um, being, I don't know. There's a lot of words floating around like neutered. Another word that came around was contracepted, you know, just like people are living in such a way where they're all of their time and energy and attention is focused on what is Tar- Tucker caller car. I can't even say his name. What is, <laughs> what is TC doing versus what is, uh, who's on the other, who's the person? On the Rachel list? Maddow. Rachel Matt. Really? I don't know. Okay. Rachel Maddow. Or even I mean, just, she's a she's a left leaning political pundit. I was going to say okay. if there's like a if there's a, a corollary, it would be her in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone seems to be talking about Tucker lately, though, which is kind of weird. Like, bro, just turn off the TV. I think <laughs> I think because he's he's becoming more and more. Uh, it's very clear that Hannity is reaching the end of his yeah. reign, and yeah. the. And Rush is dead, so yeah. And the and the 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 younger generation of more like the alt right, mm-hmm. not like and it is looks more to Tucker Carlson as like the mainstream voice. Mm-hmm. So like, that's fair. Yeah, but it's uh, it's so hard. It's it's really hard to introduce Jesus into a conversation, or to bring him into a place where you can actually have those those demons be cast out into those swine. Unless you have, because what did the, what did the guy do? Like, let me read this story. Like, let me, let me look at this here. He begged him. He was begging him. Uh, well, the demons were begging Jesus to send them away because the demons knew that like they weren't going to survive that tussle. Like they, they yeah. were very aware that they were uh, uh, not, not powerful um, in the face of him. Um, but he did like what you're saying, right? So he, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, I adjure you by God, do not torment me. So his, the, he sees Jesus and he wants to be free of this. He maybe has a moment of lucidity where he's like, he sees this person. He's like, That's, that guy is different than every other guy that walks by me. Mm-hmm. So please, I mean, I don't know if you can do anything, but I've been chained here. I've been stoned. I've been stoning myself. There's something wrong. I, I need, please, like, can you please help me? Uh, even to the point of saying like, you're the son of the most high God, you know, like just extreme level of perception uh, Mm -hmm. from this guy. And that's the only way that like, if Jesus, like if this guy didn't want to be healed, Jesus wasn't going to like force him to be healed. Yeah. Uh, Like the, like the, the, a corollary would be the rich young man, you know, the guy who comes to him freely and like wants to follow him, but then ends up walking away sad. Like, this guy wasn't into it. Jesus wasn't going to be like, I, I heal you against your will. You know, that would, Fair that would enough, not yeah. be what Jesus does. So I think there's a lack of honesty and I don't know how to do- talk about that in a productive way. Cause I really don't know, but that's kind of what I think th- that idea, the lack of honesty on, on both sides scapegoating each other is what I think is more so the problem. That's kind of, that was a long winded way of getting there, but what do you think about that? I think both. There's a there's a um, there's a, a a problem with saying things are strictly. <clears throat> oh, things are like both political parties are just the same. I don't think you can say 
oh, both sides are blah, blah, blah. But what they do need is each other. <laughs> That's true. They the, the people that support... Batman and the Joker. Yeah, you need me. You know, it's it's like it, you. They both need a big bad. They both need to be right and powerful, but also weak and not in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, even it, it's 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 crazy to hear. This is something. This is something that they that that both people who are diehard Republican and diehard Democrat, or maybe not even party affiliation, but like diehard one side or the other, they both do this. You hear them say things like. You know, like we are, we are powerful and we're here and we're together, but we're also fighting against oppression. You know, you both need that attitude because otherwise you're not going to get or garner enough support. Um, but you can't garner that support without having someone to be oppressive to you. And in a lot of cases, in many cases, maybe not many, in cases, you are, there are people that are being oppressed, right? But I think in general, Human beings don't like it when people are oppressed. Yeah. I don't think, but I don't think it's necessarily a right or left thing. Um, but we are able to brand it. Like you'll hear Alex Jones say things like, we're fighting against the globalists. We're fighting against the evil so-and-sos. And we gotta, we gotta get them. But they don't realize that we're strong because we have Jesus. You know, it's that sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. very manipulative. It's, it's not right, you know. And then the, the, the opposite kind of narrative on the left would be like, we're fighting against the evil big bad X and Ys, but they don't realize that we're on the right side of history. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. just a secularized version of the same narrative. Um, the two sides are like a pyramid. Okay, so it's like the one corner is the left and the other corner is the right. And the middle is actually like at the top of this pyramid. And once you start to tip to one side, the other side kind of like pushes you further towards the other uh, end of the spectrum. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's why you have people get radicalized um, on the right because they lean a little bit too far to the right and then they're all of a sudden like all the way over there and you're like how did you get there? Well, it's it's really easy to fall down. Um, yeah. Pyramid. <laughs> yeah, I just oh hold on, no. hold on. before before okay, I finish. Go so ahead, go ahead go ahead. So what the the antidote to that is nuance. Mm-hmm. I think nuance is the name of the game. And it's a yeah. way to stop. I mean, you're you you're you're right. That is a very human way to get rid of scapegoating, and it takes a mm-hmm. large amount of virtue and education, yeah. and education in the classical sense of like developing virtue in people. The mm-hmm. other answer, of course, is grace because grace makes up for where nature is lacking. Um, or we could just kill all the people we disagree with. Mm, you make a good point. I had not considered this. <laughs> this is, I mean, that's the, what you're talking about is like, yeah, nuance and grace are the, I mean, I wouldn't say nuance. I would say virtue, yeah. but you would say nuance because you're more evangelically minded than I am. But uh, virtue and grace are the solution. But most of the time people don't want to do that. They'll, they would just rather, they would just rather chain up the people outside of the city and, in a lot of cases, that looks like sending them to Siberia, sending them to Auschwitz, sending them to uh, any any kinds of uh, internment camps. The 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 Muslims in China, right? In the the Uyghurs, know, what, yeah, the Uyghurs, yeah. Um, like there's all over the place, all over the place. The Rwandan genocide, the the names of the tribes that I am scared to pronounce because I always get them wrong. Um, 
like that's just recently i mean those are just a couple of examples of like the well these people are the problem so this is how we're going to deal with it and can you think of any examples where there has been like just intense tension intense tension intention uh where there's (laughs) been this like high level of disagreement and um where it's actually ended up where everyone kind of like is is united under someone other than a uh, a tyrannical sort of person the early church yeah i mean yes the, obviously yeah the early church i mean it was it was so bad it it's it was bilateral you know you had the mm-hmm. judaizers and the mm-hmm. other guys you know mm-hmm. you got to get circumcised you got to obey the law you got to yeah. these guys got to do the law of moses thing um and that, there was real tension they wouldn't even talk to each other Mm-hmm. And then you had Peter, who was kind of like going along with the Judaizers. He was like, "Yeah, these are my friends, so I'm gonna eat with them." And Paul's yep. like, "Dude, stop it!" And then it went; it got better. You know, it they did. had a big, they had a big council, power of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. They were like, "Let's all be friends again." You know, mm-hmm. it's great. And so, I I think the only way, <laughs> because this is something that I have noticed is that people don't realize how universal the church is. Yeah. And how non and like how both divisive and non and uniting Christ is. The the phrase the church is the universal sacrament of salvation is not like a fun trivia fact to throw out at <laughs> Like that literally means that like it's it just sucks like to to be in the society that we're in, but that teaching means that the church is the solution to to man's problems right through all of the grace that christ gives her um man can be most united with one another and with god in the roman catholic church mm-hmm. and, and like, that's just like a fact but that and then you <laughs> say that and it's like well what america needs is catholicism and it's like well then then i sound like a factionalist you know yeah, then exactly I sound like, and, and, and so, what's crazy is like you but have, we think about these things differently than the world does you know and and it's it's crazy because like what what people the, the, it, it bends into christian nationalism because christian yeah. nationalism is a problem yeah it's not you know good. there's people like we need we need a we need a theocracy where like everyone's catholic or not not catholic but like everyone's christian right and like and that that's yeah. what i was talking about with like these these catholic pundits who lean right and then all of a sudden go like super christian nationalist and like mm-hmm. integralism slowly becomes like mm-hmm. sort of christian fascism it's very yeah. scary yeah. and the their problem is that they're putting they're putting america first lol america before <laughs> the church you know they yeah. want they want american catholicism they want catholicism that is that it that keeps everything the same about America, but also adds in the church. But what we're yeah. looking for is like we're looking for America to become part of the the universal church. So mm-hmm. like America with their cultural with America with our cultural you know uh, nuance not nuances our cultural idiosyncrasies and mm-hmm. the things that make us us you know uh, but burning away all the things that make us bad you know like that's I. It's super easy for people to pigeonhole the church, and mm-hmm. I couldn't help myself. I sent an email to these guys because I've been listening uh, to the I, I've been listening to the podcast, and they the truth comes out. I what? 
this whole podcast is a, is you trying to rationalize the fact that you sent an email to these guys. No, 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 no. I, I thought about talking about this before I sent this email. Okay, but okay, good. I sent an email to him because one of the guys is making jokes about Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. All right. He's ma- that's I know, it. I know. Gloves he, are off. He he was he made like a couple of offhand jokes about like oh the Nazi Pope and I was like what? Hold on. <laughs> you can't say Pope that. Benedict the Sixteenth was not a Nazi. <laughs> I was like, if you knew him and you read his writings and you knew who Pope John Paul II was, you think Pope John Paul II was going to let a Nazi into the CDF? Are you right. kidding me? He's Polish. <laughs> you think he, he was, was an idiot? into the German army and then deserted. Yeah. Like, he was not, whatever, this guy. Anyway, and him. so I, I did read send him that. I was like, hey, here's like a bunch of New York Times articles and ABC News articles about like, these are the myths that people were spinning about. And the fact that Pope Benedict being a Nazi is actually something that came from conspiracy circles at the time. Anyway, I sent them, I sent them this email because the way they were talking about the church was very American. The way they were looking at the church was mm-hmm. as if it was mm-hmm. an American institution that just so happened to have a satellite office in Rome. Like that's no, what it was no. like. And I was like, you have to understand that, when you see these guys spend their whole day like talking about uh, neo-fascists, you know, and some of these guys happen to be Catholics. And so they mm-hmm. see these white nationalists that are also quote unquote Catholic and they they tack Catholicism onto that. And I'm like, you have to understand, like when you when you perpetuate anti-Catholicism, you're primarily do it right. Do yeah, do it right. Jeez. You're primarily <laughs> hurting uh, minority groups that are Catholic as well. Yeah. Um, anti-Catholic sentiment hurts uh, hurts Filipino Hispanic communities more so than uh, white communities. But we'll mm-hmm. leave that for another another day. Um, but you have to understand that, like, when you talk about Prode- like uh, these these Christian nationalist white identity Protestant groups, you're talking mm-hmm. about a group of like maybe five hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about Catholicism, you're talking about an eighth a, of the world, <laughs> a billion people. You have to use you have to look at it with nuance and. So this this is why I'm saying like like both sides could use some nuance, and mm-hmm. I think once we understand that like we we approach people's opinions from, the, but th- that's the thing is like uh, the without approaching Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, if you don't approach people with nuance, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth becomes a Nazi mm-hmm. because he was German in the forties, which is which is a wild thing to right. to say. Um, yes. If you don't approach people, if you don't approach someone with nuance than someone who is advocating for uh, health insurance for the whole country becomes a communist. Yeah. Which is goofy. That, uh, what was that, that meme that you saw that you sent me? I thought that was one of the funniest things in the world. What, which the, one? About, about universal health care. Oh yeah. Someone, someone posted a <laughs> meme on a page that was like tax the Catholic church and use it to pay for universal health care. And I was like, uh, what? Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can't just strip the church of her hospitals. Of her hospitals. hospitals. <laughs> of her hospitals. Give them to the government and then 400 like, years later. We made later, it. We did universal years later, Tax the church to pay to run those hospitals. <laughs> like what? It's one of the most nuts things that's that like, I've ever That's heard. like if Henry VIII said, we need to tax the churches to pay for our armies. Wait, that's exactly what it did. Um, yeah. It's it's so goofy. That's so it's goofy. So, that's so wild. It's like you can't you can't two hundred years ago be like we're not gonna let Catholics adopt children, and then be like you know what now we want you to pay for now we want the whole church to pay for uh, health. But this that's the thing, right? It's like this is this is part of 
anti-Catholic sentiment that just isn't helpful. It's like that mm-hmm. those tweets a while back that was like the Catholic Church received a trillion dollars in aid from the government. Like why does yeah. why does Pope Francis need all that money? I'm like that's not how the Catholic that's Church works. Not at all. That's <laughs> that you know that money goes to Sally to keep her employed at the. <laughs> Patrick's pointing at himself. That money goes to Patrick to keep him employed. Yeah, at the, the reason church. like the, like I was trying to There's, explain to this guy who posted that meme. I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> Catholic churches are just five hundred one c threes, and he's like, yeah, five hundred one c threes are tax exempt. And I was like, okay, so tax the red cross too i guess and he's like make your Mm -hmm. own sign and i was like i mean mine doesn't roll off the tongue as easily as you know tax the churches because that that's a really good way to rile people up and be like yeah those churches what have they ever done for anybody (laughs) (laughs) right which is is neither here nor there but it's it's so hard because we're living in this weird space where we live not even live in a culture we live in a culture well i was gonna say like not even I feel like you and I and the circles we run in, not, not even the circles we run in mostly like, I don't run in any circles anymore. I don't run in any circles. I I try to run in lines. Typically, (laughs) I talk to you (laughs) and my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the circles we used to run in maybe. (laughs) I feel like most people don't understand the history in the same way that you and I do. And that's not to say that we're like we're better or smarter than most people, but I feel like if you ask the average Catholic, like the average Catholic knows that like we came up with hospitals, you yeah. know, like maybe or like we started the universities, but I don't think people really understand the extent to which the Catholic Church influenced the entirety of Western civilization, and the extent to which the the liberal democracies in you know, the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s ripped away Tore down those institutions. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. from the Catholic church, everything that built up these super wealthy, yeah. hyper powerful, hyper influential cultures in the first place was, was all ripped away violently Yes, and given, given to feudal princes and Lords as their own personal private. We had to spend centuries undoing the reinstitution of Western slavery. Yeah. That exactly. wasn't a thing. Right. And then it was again. Yes. You know, it, it feel like I, and the problem is that when you talk to people as a Catholic, you're, you're both coming from a position of ultimate strength and ultimate weakness. And the position of ultimate strength is we have the fullness of truth behind us. And that intimidates people. And that really scares people when we say things very definitively that this is how it is. It's almost offensive. It is like when you it, say the church is the universal sacrament of salvation, like you need right. to be, you need to be a Catholic to be saved. Like that's extremely offensive. Right. We're also in a position of weakness because there's not enough, uh, historical literacy, even among Catholics, let alone the rest of the culture to even have a coherent conversation about the fact that the church is the universal sacrament of salvation and, and again, like there is nuance, right? Because people will just do the whole Crusades, Galileo, you know, song and dance. And it's like, okay, you can be equipped to answer those things. But the, for for that, it's there's just no way. There's no way past it because they don't, nobody thinks about how we got to where we are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's a, a way, like we can't, <laughs> we can't educate people because I'm not in that position other than podcasts like this is about all we can do. It's weird. It's weird because I feel like a Catholic can't have an honest intellectual conversation in America. It does feel strange. 
Yeah, it does feel kind of. What's weird is that our, our we historically look at just are we look at history and it's like oh there's history and then oh the Catholic Church is there. It's weird. Anyway, you know it's like that's how history is <laughs> yeah. kind of presented. It's like yeah. oh yeah, and then there was like a pope who was really important. Anyway, back to back to uh, other things. Um, <laughs> you know, like like let's let's start like why do we talk more about? I understand why they back to how like, economic know, systems worked in the 1700s. Well, no, <laughs> not even that. I understand. I understand the reason because there's an anti-Catholic bias inherence in the public school system. But why did I learn more about Attila the Hun and like Genghis Khan? Like, I, yes, they 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 conquered vast swaths of land. Sure, and they were very good generals. But like military power is not the only significant demarcating factor mm. of like one one culture of another like there's a lots of other things that are important culturally and historically than just who was the strongest although that is important i'm not saying it's not uh i just i feel like i didn't learn anything about yeah just, uh, history, the, the progression of culture history class was kind of just like how like, who killed who when yeah you know who tried to absolutely decimate whom when you know right. it was like hey the french were fighting the, these guys then there's yeah. that war in 1812. What was it about? I don't know. It's not going to be on your test. Uh, right. What was the war of 1812 about? I'm pretty sure it was about the fur trade. Mm. 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 Yes. Yeah, yes. That's what I'm saying. We, we, were at a museum, we were at the Heinz History Museum in Pittsburgh the other day. and uh, A history of every ketchup bottle that's ever been made. Yeah. <laughs> Senator John Heinz History Museum. There is a ketchup display in there. But uh, they, they, we were in the, uh, the History of Pittsburgh section, and there was like a, a, a beaver pelt. And it was on the wall and it was like, touch it. And I was like, okay. And I touched it and it was so soft. I looked uh-huh. at Phoebe and I was like, honey, we should hunt these down to near extinction. Like this is so soft. <laughs> I touched the beaver pelt and I, all of a sudden I understood the war of 1812. It was just, <laughs> I was like, I get it. I get, I get it. It makes I, so much sense. Before I was like, why are you guys fighting over beavers? Holy crap. You touched with, oh my gosh. This is the most amazing thing. <laughs> Holy crud. This is incredible. Yeah. It's a lot easier to, this is my final thought, it's a lot easier to contend with division and human brokenness Mm -hmm. if you understand humans better. Yes. (laughs) And the only way to understand humans better is to understand history because that's the only way to, like you can try to do it live, you know? (laughs) But that's like... We're doing it live. (laughs) We're doing it live. I'm going to walk out my front door. I'm going to start to understand humans today and just like... But that doesn't work. Read you books. Know? Read a lot of books. You have to read books. Yeah, people, like I've. Yeah. Can I just say this? I sure. started reading Crime and Punishment this week. Ooh, nice. I'm 30 pages in, and I like I already can't stop thinking about it because it's there's something about the characters and the way that they're written that I'm just like what, you know, and just yeah. or like the reason that Don Quixote is stuck in my brain for yeah. so long, and like the way that he's he talks about things and the way that his squire does things. I'm just, it like and we. And there are these whole books with these whole worlds that teach us about human nature because the people who wrote them were understood human nature, well, understood human nature because mostly they were Christian. And also they took their time, like they had time to think and write these things out. And now it's like, we're, we're trying to get Suzanne Collins to release a fourth book in the hunger Games series to tell us like how <laughs> everything ha- like she didn't have a backstory. She wasn't thinking yeah. about human nature when she wrote this story. She was thinking, how can I get a movie deal? That's what she was thinking. Well, if you're right. I know. And it's just, there's just such a difference. I also listened to Amusing Ourselves to Death when I was doing all of my driving and moving this past week. So I'm also thinking about the whole entertainment versus like print culture versus screen culture and 
like how how much of a prophet Neil Postman actually was because he said all of that stuff before the internet, <laughs> and it just aggressively amplified. Oh, I'm I'm a diehard technological determinist now. Like I. I wish I wish my communications program at Franciscan had been more theoretical and less practical. Like I know that's the most mm. Patrick and everything I could possibly say, but I literally it don't is. care how cameras work. I just wanted to. I wish I had read Postman when I was in college. Like sure, I if I if I if I had spent all the time on the theory in communications, I would have had, read I would have graduated summa cum laude. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. Yes. It would have been ins- it would have been insane. Did you read Marshall McLuhan in college? Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's good. My my wasn't... my professor, the head of the communications program, was such a McLuhanite. Like he was, he was very okay. much the medium is the message. He taught okay. us when we were learning about how to. When I was super excited, I, I loved like the first section of every class when he would talk uh-huh. about the theory behind television, and then mm-hmm. when it was like how to make TV shows, I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that that's what your communications degree was about. What do you mean? I would have thought it would have been a lot more, like how do humans communicate and why is it important and how can we do it well? And let's look at all the times it's been done poorly and what that's led to. And let's look at all the times it's been done well. And what has that led to? That was like, part I just of feel it. like, yeah, we had like media and society. And that was, that was a class where it was like, how has media affected? How is, how is human beings communicating affected the way that we formed, we formed our culture. It was mm. a very not interesting class, but it was because mm. It was because it was very textbook based and I didn't like that. I liked I liked I like critically thinking about things and I don't think that yeah. there's a place for textbooks in a class like that. Yeah. I don't think there's a place for textbooks. No, I think there's definitely a place for textbooks. I like going to the I doctor think, and I knowing think if they you, had a textbook about it. I think if you want to learn about a tree, go 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 punch a tree. Mm. Learn about it. Figure mm. it out. I think if you want to learn Tactile. how to do brain surgery, you just take a scalpel and find it's someone who's willing. Just just punch someone in the head. You'll have an opportunity You'll right figure there. It out. I'm requesting yeah. crime and punishment from the library right now. Okay. You can read it with me. I'm in a book club. No way. Yeah. I have to read 100 pages a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. It is a lot. It's 12 pages a day. Anybody can do that. That's true. I just read, I just finished reading The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, yeah? It's really good. I'm still reading, Don, like I'm not finished with Don Quixote, which is kind of frustrating that this book club started before I could finish it. But the problem is, okay. is that... I know I'm not that worried about it, but I read the first book, which is, I feel like the most like people make the most references to the first book. Cause it's in the beginning. Cause it's in the beginning. Yeah. And I want to read the second book cause I'm enjoying it, but I just Don Quixote keeps doubling in size. So like <laughs> the first book one uh-huh. is very short. And then book two is twice as long as book one. And then book three uh-huh. is twice as long as book two. And then book uh-huh. four is half the book. <laughs> So half of the actual book of Don Quixote is book four, which is book part four. two. Yeah. Right. The one that was released afterwards. I think. Wait, no, I think yeah. there's four books in, in part one and then part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah part two. It's, part two is it, great though. Like it's, it's part two is so funny because yeah. it's so meta. Like he's literally like, if you've never read it, he's literally like referencing all of the, like how famous his, for the first book got in the second book. Yep. And like Don Quixote is aware of it in the, in the book and is operating as if like, it's just it's so interesting. It's happening in the world where the book was yeah. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. It's so yeah, it's stupid, pretty, it's funny. It is really funny. I mean, it's the first modern novel, like the first western novel. That's like Don Quixote yeah. has that distinction as being the first western novel. And so like I think he was like just I I'm surprised at how well this uh, form of art did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Anyway, speaking of you forms got a of art. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's so long, I, 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 I All right, you came to the right place, you ding-dong. It's called communication, baby.
<laughs> this one comes from Libby. The the uh, the question is: I met a nice man. We went on a couple of dates, but I am moving soon. Also, uh, if you guys want to remain anonymous, don't put your name. Don't the, put name your name at the, the name is optional. The name is optional. You don't have to put the name. Optional. Don't. You, if you put the name, we're gonna say the name. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna put optional in the name thing. Okay. Name optional. She met a okay. nice man. Went on a couple of dates. Moving soon. Okay. Mm. I met a pretty great guy. We'll call him Seamus. Went on a <laughs> okay. couple of dates so far. Things are doing. Things are going well. However, I'm moving ten hours away for grad school in a few weeks. Oh no! When was this posted? We gotta go quick. All right. Yeah. A few weeks. I'm a little scared to commit to long distance. Since I haven't known him very long. He knew I was moving when he asked me on a first date. What kinds of things should we talk about before deciding if we should be in a committed relationship that'll be long distance? Should we cover all the deal deal breaker questions now? What are reasonable and or necessary third date questions in general? Thank you. Uh, 10 hours, huh? (laughs) 10 hours. Yikes. Uh, I think the first question in your third date should be how much money are you willing to spend on airfare over the next two years? Or gas. Or gas. Tolls. And when I calculated, we spent about, we spent about $500 on tolls in the time that she lived in Oklahoma city. And I lived in Tulsa. And that's why they call it Tulsa, Oklahoma, baby. Uh, Listen, you're the one who told me to get funnier. I'm just getting funnier. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's like Don Quixote, like in the end of the end of the podcast, you're the funniest. You, just get, <laughs> you get bigger and bigger. Uh, I yeah, honestly, because it's it's not. I would imagine. What are they? College age? Is this? Are they graduating? Is that what she's, she's in grad she's school? So she's in grad school. Yeah. So we know that she's wealthy. Um, <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke because grad school students are notoriously poor. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you're moving. No, I'm doing fine. To uh, maybe you're graduating from grad school and you're getting like a banging 250k a year job yeah in that case awesome maybe you're a lo- Do whatever. lawyer grad school maybe you're a lawyer maybe you're gonna be a lawyer sweet i love that maybe seamus uh is also is an investment banker maybe he's he, independently wealthy he's independently wealthy but i think unless that's true like you're probably both of you just practically speaking are probably not at a place in your life where you can afford yeah you know, I mean, especially this would be a different conversation if you guys had been going on dates for three months, right? Like if you guys had been dating and were committed to each other at this point already, completely different story. But since you're about to go on the third date, it's like you're you're basically saying for the next, you know, six months as we see each other once every month or once every two weeks, I'm willing to drop $5,000 uh-huh. to <laughs> to see you. And it's just, I, not that, I mean, if it's the, if it's the right thing, it's the right thing. But also a lot of times I was praying about this this morning. So maybe this is pretty convenient. I always pray about, I'm always like, God, what do you want me to do? But you got to remember sometimes that God is like, he loves us and he like wants to be our friend and isn't trying to like actively piss us off. You know? like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he usually makes it like pretty clear what he wants us to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, when I proposed to Emma, I knew it was the right thing to do. It was terrifying. It was like really scary, but like I knew it was the right thing to do. And I didn't really have to ask him, you know, Oh, is this right? Is this wrong? Should I go to seminary? Whatever. Because it was right there. We had dated for a year. I knew that I loved her. I knew I wanted to spend my life with her. It's like, God isn't trying to make it complicated, Yeah. you know? And so if you feel like you're like kind of going back and forth and you feel maybe obligated and you're just wondering like, Oh, what is, what is God wanting me to do? It's like, God's probably trying to make this pretty simple. He's probably want, maybe wants you to have a good experience with Seamus, and then he wants you to move. 
is would be my guess because he's he's really not trying to make it hard for you. Uh, that being said, there are always exceptions. Yada yada yada. See that we should have like a, an exceptions portion of the Doctor Ethan's Unicorn <laughs> with one of those guys that reads the things really fast. You know, Doctor Ethan's Unicorn is not responsible for any uh, relationships that end or start. He's <laughs> not responsible you know, like... for relationships that end or begin. <laughs> We're not we're not responsible <laughs> for any of it. Advice take take it the advice of your per primary care physician, okay? Like yeah. do not di- I I think I I uh, man, I mean grad school's not that long. Oh. You know, and it's like could you do long distance without flying up and seeing each other every month? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's I mean It's also not fun. It's not fun and also it's not fun if you know the person. You know? I'm sure it's and not. Let alone fun. you've been on three dates with this person. Yeah, and it's like, I would hate to get to know somebody electronically, even on FaceTime. It's like there, there's so much you can't communicate that way, you know. And it really Emma and I got to suck. see each other once a week this past year. Once a week, we saw each other once a week, and yet the thing that we have not stopped like rejoicing about and celebrating about in the three days that I've lived in Oklahoma City is that we don't have to do FaceTime anymore. Like it is. Yeah, it re- it is. The, uh, you have no idea what it's like to have someone. Well, maybe you do, but oh, I know to have someone to have someone you love that you only got to see once a week. Text you, be like, "Hey, I'm coming over," and then boom, 15 minutes they're there. When it, like it just was, it's so it's different. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy. huge, huge gift. When Phoebe moved it, back to Steubenville, I couldn't stop yeah. talking about it. I was so excited. Yes. Yeah. So that's the. Just take it from a couple of boys. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. He's probably he's probably a great guy. I love Seamus. Introduce him to the podcast for us. But uh, this might not be it, Libby. Ugh, I hate to say it. Yeah, I, I mean hate to say it. I mean, okay. So let's let's answer the question then. Let's presume let's presume a positive, right? Let's uh, okay. <laughs> let's do a presumed positive, right? Um, oh, I, I wanted to say this. Something that we learned over the course of the pandemic times is that mm. you can do your job remotely, most likely, and you, it's really hard to do a relationship remotely. Um, yeah. So what her questions was, what are deal breaker questions now? Uh, what are reasonable or necessary third date questions in general? That's a different question entirely. Whoa. Um, things that we should talk about before deciding if we should be in a committed relationship. Uh, how long will I be gone? Um are we okay with getting to know each other electronically? Exclusively, exclusively electronically. electronically. How often are you willing to travel to me, or for, or like, how long am I willing to travel? How many times am I willing to travel from you for you? Uh, those are some good questions. Reasonable or necessary third date questions in general. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? It's very important. I don't remember what I talked about on my third date with. Uh... I think we only went on two. We went on one date, and then we went on a second date, and that's when we started dating. And after that, it's just like you don't really count them. Yeah, Phoebe went. Phoebe and I went on a. Uh, a we started dating, and then we went on a first date. <laughs> you really? You just, I like you. Let's date, and then you started. You went on your first date. Yeah, I asked. I was gonna ask her on a date, and then I was like, actually, never mind. I just want you to be my girlfriend. Is that cool? And she was like, yeah. not in so many yeah. words, but. I took him to go get some barbecue, mm-hmm. and then. I don't know why, but like in the car after barbecue is when I asked her to be my girlfriend. Good onions and pickles on your breath. <laughs> I know, just like a lot of sauce on my face. <laughs> You're like, I didn't go to the bathroom after to wash up. But yeah, I and it just yeah, and then we did the rest of the date. When it's like, man, if if she had said no at that point, I don't know what I, I probably would have gone back in and got more barbecue. You know, <laughs> all you can just eat barbecue. Left, they have all you can eat barbecue in, in Tulsa. They do. Uh, that's good. I uh, yeah. I remember I remember after Phoebe and I, after I asked Phoebe out. 
I like recounted the story and I was like, I was going to ask her, do you want to go on a date? But then I thought about how that's not exclusive. And I thought about if she goes on a date with me, she might go on a date with other people. I don't want her to ever go on a date with another person. So I'm just going to ask her to be my girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, I told that story to a couple of friends of mine. They were like, that's pretty forward. Like, that's pretty soon. Like, don't say stuff like that. Like, what if you guys don't get married? Take that. We got married, son. Look at this Weren't ring. You guys, weren't you guys friends before? Oh, yeah. Though? Like, yeah. So I feel like it's different if you already are yes, in, it's very in a friend different. group. Yeah, it's very different. You should not walk up to a stranger and say, be my girlfriend so you can't go on dates with any other guys. <laughs> uh, I also know I don't that think... Phoebe's like the most attractive person ever. So I was like, I don't want anybody else to get any ideas. Yeah, we don't we don't need to debate who the most attractive person ever is on this podcast because no, I think both of us are going to say either our wife or our future wife, yeah. and then we'll just be at an impasse forever. And hopefully, I say my wife and you say your future wife. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's true. Ethan's like, I love my wife; she's great. Anyway, the wedding's on August. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we finally moved to Utah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to answer the question about the questions, I don't think you need any questions for your third date. Just continue to get to know them. Be curious about the other person. Mm-hmm. You're going to do great. Don't worry about it. Do you listen to Have French? fun. Go to the, go bowling. Oh, like, yeah. What's your, and still go what's on your a favorite, date with them. What's like, your favorite 7-10 split that you've ever hit? You know, like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, don't just don't just break up because we said, hey, you might not want to do long yeah, distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just go no. on the dates and it's fine. Right. Uh, do you want to do another one? Uh, no. Okay. Let's not I have that. to depart from my home soon to go pick up a couch because the only furniture we have in this house is the desk that I'm recording on, this chair I'm sitting in, and a kitchen table. <laughs> I love it. recording when we move. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Podcasting in flight with our staff in hand, our loins girded. Foxes have dens. Birds <laughs> of the sky have nests. <laughs> but the son of man has no place to podcast. <laughs> the son of man has nowhere to podcast, nowhere to set up his boom arm. <laughs> the word uh, became flesh and set up his boom arm among us. I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I was, I was going for and tabernacled and sent, made up, made his dwelling among us. <laughs> mm. Pretty good. Uh, wow, it's good to be back. Good to podcast again. I missed this. I'm really glad I didn't have to do a solo episode. I'm really glad you didn't have to do a solo episode because then people would be like, Patrick's solo episode was so good. He's so talented. <laughs> I would least... have to listen to that for another week. <laughs> a bunch of garbage. Oh, man, that was great. Hey, listen, yeah. one time a listener said that they skip through every time I talk. That was once. I've, it that's was once like, four years ago, and I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, it's on our <laughs> iTunes review. I look at it once a week. So if you guys want to go check that out, you can. Patreon.com slash The Crunch if you want to support us on Patreon. Uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the crunch cast where all the hip and happening people hang out to become a patron you get access to our exclusive patron group which we pay infinitely more attention to so sure i have notifications on for that one yeah so become a patron interact with us support what we're doing uh sign up for a catholic match account because catholic match so generously sponsors the dr ethan's dating corner segment of the show mm-hmm. and we're here to help. Let, let us know if you need anything. If you have any questions about anything, write in to Patrick and he'll filter them and let me know which ones yes. are worth talking I'll about. I'll do that. <laughs> Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Tune in next week when I kick Ethan off the podcast completely and do an episode <laughs> with Old Stormy. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and I'll see you all next week. Next week.